Welcome to St. Martin in the Fields and welcome to Great Sacred Music, a special welcome to those joining us online. It is the United Nations International Day of Peace. I know you got out of bed this morning thinking, it's the United Nations International Day of Peace, isn't it? And you have done that every single year since 1982 when the first one uh, was marked. This is what United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres uh, said about this year's theme, Actions for Peace. Peace is needed today more than ever. War and conflict are unleashing devastation, poverty and hunger and driving tens of millions of people from their homes. Climate chaos is all around and even peaceful countries are gripped by gaping inequalities and political polarization. So that's all rather depressing, isn't it? 
um, which is why you come to Great Sacred Music for a bit of inspiration and joy. He also uh, directed attention to the fact that the Sustainable Development Goals, which, uh, as you may know, followed the uh, Millennium De De Development Goals in 2015, are now halfway through their cycle, seven and a half years out of 15, uh, and we need to get our act together. Now, we're going to start, as we uh, always do at Great Sacred Music, by singing a hymn together, which you can find on the inside of your sheets. Uh, and if you're in the building and you haven't got a sheet, they're available towards the back of the main aisle. And we're going to sing a hymn that is often known as the Peace Prayer, or the Prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. It is about peace, but it is not by St. Francis of Assisi. Sorry to break your heart if, you, uh, if it's important to you to believe that it is. Uh, not only is there no documentation from the 13th century to suggest he wrote anything like this, but on the contrary, there is documentation from 1912 to suggest that somebody else actually wrote it. A French Catholic priest, Esther Bucquerel. It was published in a small circulation spiritual magazine and at the end of the First World War, the French Franciscan Etienne Benoit printed millions of copies of the prayer on a card. And what did he do? put on the other side of the card? A picture of St. Francis. That's where the rot set in. Uh, a few years later, an English translation was printed in a Quaker magazine in the United States under the title, A Prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, by which time the train had left the station. Uh, by the time the South African Third Order Franciscan Sebastian Temple wrote this hymn, Make Me a Channel, in 1967, all connection with historical attribution was long gone. So, not a prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, but we're going to sing it anyway because it's a prayer for peace. We remain seated, the voices stand, and lead us as we sing, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace.
We're now going to uh, hear an African-American spiritual. We shall walk through the valley based on Psalm 23, verse 4, which in the King James Version, as I'm sure you know, says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for, for thou art with me. A couple of interesting notes about uh, that verse. Uh, first of all, that this is very much a theology in which God doesn't take away our troubles, but God comes to meet us and be with us in our troubles. It's, it's not a, a prayer for everything just to be magic away. It's a prayer for us to know that, that God is with us. And then secondly, that the valley comes up quite often in African-American spirituals. Uh, you may know Jesus walked this lonesome valley, and you may know uh, down to the river to pray. You may not know that down to the river to pray was originally called down to the valley to pray. Uh, and valleys come up a great deal, and uh, again, at the bottom of a valley, uh, invariably, is, is a river. And so, again, we get the same theme as I was saying in uh, Psalm 23, verse 4, that this is God meeting us in the valley, whereas a lot of African-American spirituals are about crossing over Jordan or about crossing the Red Sea, you know, in, in other words, all our troubles being taken away uh, and, and us going to God, as it were. This is a different emphasis in which God comes to us in the midst of our trials, doesn't necessarily take them away, but we find joy and peace in God's presence with us. Let's enjoy, we shall walk through the valley.
Well, two more meditations on peace to come now. Don't tend to be that upbeat meditations on musical meditations on peace, I think you'll find. Uh, the first is from John 14, chapter set, seven, 27, set by a Norwegian composer. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, uh, give I unto you. Um, from the farewell discourses, Jesus' long uh, speeches at the Last Supper in John's Gospel. This is what one contemporary theologian says about the theme of peace as we might approach it. I'm going to read this quite slowly. It's quite dense, but I think it captures a lot of what needs to be said. Peace is not a past state to which we expect and feel entitled to return, but is instead an aspiration towards which we invite God to lead us and at which we never expect fully to arrive. Peace is a process, not an original starting point or a foreseeable destination. It's about relationships. Relationships are not like buildings, which are opened when all is working well and begin to decay from that moment on. They're more like gardens, which begin from the dust and gradually take root and flourish, and yet need pruning and attention and are never in a place of static perfection or repose. Sometimes toward the end of a conflict, people refer to the peace process, but in truth, the phrase is a tautology because peace is always a process. So some reflections there uh, for our less than upbeat musical reflections. So we're going to hear Peace I Leave With You, and then we're going to hear, uh, intriguingly, a song of peace written and arranged by Will Todd, the Durham contemporary composer in memory of his mother.
Well, it's time for us all to sing again now, and we're going to sing the hymn Peace, Perfect Peace that you can find on the uh, right hand of the inside page of your leaflets. Uh, again, this is based on the same verse in John 14, verse 27. Uh, it's the same theme as, as the Norwegian piece we heard a few moments ago. And uh, actually, the, 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 the line that does the real work in this is not that top line. It's, thus says the Lord, will the world know my friends. What it's saying is that, uh, as it's put rather differently in another verse of Scripture, uh, they will know you're my friends because, they because you love one another. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> some of you will remember the film When Harry Met Sally and the famous scene in the restaurant when um, Sally reaches the mountaintop of, of human ecstasy, or at least pretends to do so, uh, and the table attendant uh, comes to the next door table and says, uh, what would you like? And the person at the next door table says, I'll have whatever she's having. Uh, I think that's a, a really helpful uh, analogy for what's going on in this in this song, because as you may know, Nietzsche said the problem with Christians is they don't look very redeemed. Uh, and I think that's one of the most significant criticisms of Christianity uh, in history. And the point being that if Christians don't exhibit between themselves love, joy, peace, uh, hope, and faith, then why on earth would anyone else want to be a Christian? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a good question to which there isn't really a very good answer. And that's the question posed by this song. So again, we will remain seated. The voices will stand and lead us as we sing peace, perfect peace.
coming towards the end of Great Sacred Music for this week. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. If you have, there'll be an opportunity to make a donation as you leave, either in cash or by swiping a card. Or we have wonderful QR codes now on the back of our leaflets. Uh, you know what to do. But thanks for any contribution you can make. Uh, on Sunday, we have our sister program, Choral Classics. Let all the world a celebration of George Herbert is the theme, 3.15 this Sunday. And the next Great Sacred Music, next Thursday, is on the theme of St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, do look on the back of your leaflets and you'll find three concerts that the uh, Voices are doing in October. So plenty more opportunities to, uh, to, see, to hear the Voices again. And if you're going to tell me afterwards that you've just flown in from Seattle specially for this. Um, you'll just have to fly in from Seattle specially for all three of those concerts. It's the only way to do it. Now, I'm going to uh, finish with a, another quotation from the same theologian that I quoted earlier as a provocative connection made between peace and resurrection. Uh, it's not that we know what resurrection looks like and peace is a helpful analogy of that resurrection. <clears throat> the resurrection of Jesus in its immediate sense of the body raised after crucifixion and in its wider sense of the forgiveness, resurrection and healing that are recorded in the post-resurrection gospel accounts is precisely an account of what peace entails. Peace is, in the end, resurrection. So if the Christian story ends in resurrection, all stories in the end uh, finish with peace. Perhaps liturgically, the most recurring uh, reference to peace in the, the, the regular Eucharistic liturgy is in the blessing, uh, the peace of God that passes all understanding. That's actually a quotation from Philippians 4 verse 7, but is perhaps more familiar uh, in the fact that it's said as almost the last words said in a normal service of Holy Communion. And here it gets what is technically known in the choral music trade as the Rutter Treatment.